Yes, guys, welcome to the Next Gen Podcast, where I sit down and chat to young professional footballers about their journeys so far. In today's episode, we chat to Swansea City goalkeeper Josh Gould. If you're new to the channel and enjoy the content, please subscribe. Have a quality day and enjoy the podcast. Are you all right? Yeah, good, mate. You? Happy birthday, mate. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Feeling all Been on a run, yeah? Huh? Been on a run. Yeah, mate. Trying to, like, blow. Absolute blow. Yeah, nice weather for it there. Yeah, no, it was really nice. I try and go out every other day, like, chiller. What have you been up to, mate? Oh, mate, just chilling, really. Obviously, we started training, like, new programme last week. So, I've just been doing that at home, like, getting ready to go back, really. Have they told you when you're going to go back, or? Yeah, 16th of May. Is it? Yeah. What, training, obviously? Yeah, 16th of May, and then we got, like, a couple sort of, like, pre-season games. Yeah. It's like two or three, and then go straight in. That's the league, then just to get us going. So, well, yeah, my, my first question is going to be like, Yeah, how are you coping, mate? How are you staying fit? Uh, yeah, doing all right, mate. It's uh, it's, it's difficult, um, obviously being in lockdown, mm. um, but as, as being a keeper as well, you can't just be like going out on runs or whatever because <laughs> it's not the sort of training that we do really because no. we don't really want to be getting injured by doing that sorts of exercise. So, I've been doing a lot of bike work, um, yeah. And just doing a load of like power movements and, and strength exercises. Obviously, being a goalkeeper, we're power athletes, so I've um, just been trying to keep my training as specific as possible to like what we'd be doing day to day, really. Because yeah, yeah, like I said, I don't want to be going out on long distance runs and then yeah. and doing harm elsewhere. So yeah, it's it's, it's taking some adapting, but um, yeah, getting on with it all right. It's tough. It's just. I was being to Ben about it. it's just the whole like not being with your teammates aspect that that just kills you, doesn't it? Yeah, obviously like miss being around the boys, bit of banter, like people your age and stuff to chat with, and obviously we stuck with your parents all day. It's uh, <laughs> a bit different, isn't it? But yeah, man, it's, uh, tough. it's tough. Um, how's it affecting you like mentally, though? Um, down itself, maybe not like the first football aspect, just like in general, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone will agree. Like, there's times where. It's difficult, but that's going to be the same for everyone, really. So obviously, we're all in the same boat. Um, and obviously, like you say, being away from football, being away from like the banter with the boys and stuff, is is hard. Um, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, I think I think it's been okay. Like the first two weeks was kind of nice because it was kind of kind of felt nice to be like we don't get much time off, so it was kind of nice to be back with the parents, a bit of chill time, downtime, that sort of thing. Um, but kind of like the last couple of weeks has been a bit harder now because obviously he's getting a, a, probably a lot of people feeling the same way. Yeah, um, human interaction, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting a bit like the same thing. Like, you know, wake up in a day, don't have much, like many goals for that day or anything to look forward to. So it kind of kind of drags on, but... I know, it's tough. Uh, well, it's yeah, right. The only thing that's kept me sort of saying, I've made like a little schedule, like just to sort of, like like a plan, I guess. Like we'd be, I've been given like a training plan, but I just mean like a day plan, you know, like you said, like, you don't have many goals, but if you just sort of make them up yourself, like, I don't know, like, make sure you take your vitamins, make sure you do X amount of stretching, you know, like, just little bits and bobs, just to, like, sort of give you a bit of structure, really, because we're, we're used to structure, aren't we? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds silly, but, like, you could literally set yourself the tiniest of tasks, like, <laughs> whatever sport, like, if you play football, whatever, you literally might say, I want to go in the garden and do 200 kick-ups, like, yeah. a day, and it's as silly as that, but, it's actually saying that you could say, oh, I've got, I'm just going to go in and do my 200 kick-ups or something so silly, mate, or oh. do a run at 11 o'clock every, every day and then, do you know what I mean, set your meal plans 
like your meal times at like similar time every day. So it's it's kind of like a routine. Do you know what I mean? Otherwise, you just fall off. Then it's so true. Like as as you said, your job is uh, like structured around like the most like rigorous routine ever. So when you're out of that, it must just be like what the hell is? Do you know what I mean? It's like what the hell is going on in there? It's like yeah. it's a different world really for you. You're the same person, but you you are living a different life for now. You know what I mean? It's a sh- it was a shock to the system because you go from like day to day, you're under a strict regime, you know, like in training, food, everything like that. And then it, the other side, literally like the next day is like complete opposite. Like you're just on your own, like eat what whatever, you're limited to eat because you can't go to the shop and buy everything that you want. Very you don't true. have chess or all the rest of the training times. Yeah, it was yeah, a shock. It's, it's been tough for everyone, I guess, haven't it? But I just hope. Well, wow, well, you were supposed to, Boris was supposed to give a little speech today, wasn't he? But he's postponed and now, haven't he? Because of Bangkok. Yeah, yeah, I've heard a few rumours. It might be Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, to be fair. Um, well, I mean, this this would have gone out. This will be going out after that anyway, so it makes kind of no difference. But, um, right, well, the juicy part is really talk us through your uh, incredible story, mate, really, because this is going to be a bit of a, like... I don't think we're gonna have anyone out on really that's gonna have a story like this. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a bit of a unique one, like, but a really yeah. cool one that can sort of relate, I think. It's funny, yeah, it's funny you say that. Like, I don't think well, in my opinion, there isn't many boys probably across the country who'd have a similar obviously there'll be a there'll be a couple, but you really hear you really hear stories of like of how lucky I've got really. Um so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a rare story, really. I don't, I don't know where you want me to start, to be honest. Um, maybe just start from when you were like, so because you didn't read like you, you were more of a rugby lad when you was growing up. Like maybe start from like sixteen because that's when it kind of started turning for you, right? Yeah, I mean, so I, I always used to play football like yeah. as a kid, um, like junior, just Sunday league stuff. Oh, like, I was I said I was a decent player. Like, I used to play outfield and that. Yeah, no, nothing special. Like never had a, any attraction to academy. Nothing yeah. like that. Literally. Played like a good team. You used to, you know, like one of them teams. You yeah, like the kids. Like 14 nil every Saturday or whatever. <laughs> it was one of them. And then I got to the age of like 14. Yeah. And and in secondary school, like rugby was quite a big thing. Yeah, of course. We had like a teacher who was quite like rugby orientated and stuff. And I started to like really enjoy playing. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to go and play at like club level. But obviously, because it was kind of like on the same day, I had to make a decision. It was like, oh... If you, my mum was like, oh, you, if you're going to go play rugby, you have to obviously give up football. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'm enjoying it that much. I'm just going to go do it. Uh, probably about 14. So I played for like two years, two seasons. I played up until 16. Okay. But back then, I wasn't really, I was quite small. Like I, hadn't, I was like quite late. Watching Josh is like six foot four minimum. Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I was um, quite late to, to grow. Yeah. And I get like bullied about on the rugby pitch, you know, it is whatever. Yeah. Um, so when I left school, yeah. Went to college, I thought, because I still wasn't that big, I thought I don't really fancy going to college and playing rugby because you're playing with, you're not playing age group level anymore, you're playing uh, with like the people in the year above because it's like two years or you're playing with people three years old or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, I thought, yeah. oh, I'm never doing that because I'm <laughs> going to get bullied. So it was like the summer that we left school, um, me and my mates, we create like a five-a-side team just to keep us busy over the summer yeah. holidays and that. And obviously like you do, no one wanted to go and go. Because I I just I'd throw myself into anything. I was like, oh, I'm keen to do it, boys. Like just for a lap or whatever. I ended up loving it. Like it was class. Just five aside, just throwing myself about in three G, and that was good. And a couple of boys were saying like, oh, you're decent and stuff like that. So again, like just out of the enjoyment, I went to college and thought, just throw myself in something, see what happens. I'll go to the trials and say that I'm a goalkeeper and just 
like go along with it and see what happens really and then yeah. kind of just went from there like I wasn't really that good in my first year so I was yeah. literally just started playing and then yeah. in like my last year of college I started to started to like really kick on yeah um started to make like real progression I started playing like men's football I was doing really well I had like good coaching um I was getting a bit of recognition then um yeah. so I like made so I was like played in the Southern League um and I had a trial at Bristol Rovers yeah when I was 17 albeit they um rejected me but I was playing for like the county schools and I was captain of like Somerset and that sort of thing so I was starting to get a bit of recognition then yeah um which was like a good feeling like just a bit unexpected but I was just going along with it still loving it and stuff yeah and then obviously like living back home and playing back home you must know what it's like um you're kind of like a big fish in a small pond yeah that makes sense like everyone knows about you, sort of yeah. like the next up and coming thing, sort of thing like <laughs> that. Uh, and then also I went to uni up in Cardiff. Yeah. And then it was the up the other way, like complete opposite. So if you think like You're everyone basically, you know, because everyone from their towns who's like the big fish and small pond, they all go like to Cardiff. Like a, or like just playing on a Saturday football, if that makes sense. Or both. Like, so obviously I went to Cardiff Met as a sport orientated place. Yeah. If you think everyone who goes to Cardiff Met they're all like good players from their areas. Do you know what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. So like they all, so they're all good players from different areas, and then they all come to the same place. I've got it. Yeah. And it's like it's like a shock to the system then because everyone's everyone's supposed to be like a big yeah. sports. It's like complete opposite. Then you live in the city, no one knows who you are, that sort of thing. And I just I struggled a bit like for a while. Didn't get much game time for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, the uni team was kind of like. The manager liked the older players. Yeah, um, he trusted them more, or whatever reason they'd been there longer. So I never really got a look in for uni. So um, that became really frustrating for me. I'd gone from being like the kind of like the big fish to all yeah. of a sudden like I wasn't even playing games. And in my head, I knew that I was like capable or good enough to be playing at that level. If that makes sense, so it was. I don't know. It was really frustrating for me at that time and yeah. quite difficult. And there was times, to be fair, um, where I kind of like wanted to give up. wasn't really that interested mm -hmm. and enjoy it anymore like I used to. Um, and I, there was times where I was seriously considering that. Yeah. Um, but I made the decision at the start of third year uni yeah. uh, to, to go and leave because obviously I wasn't playing so far. I was just going to go and play somewhere just play men's football again, yeah. play every week, like see if I can enjoy it and then just go from there. And then obviously I ended up with at Tatswell with where where you joined. Yeah. And, um and I say like it was all right there. I wasn't taking football too seriously. I just kind yeah. of I was living my uni life, rock up on a Saturday. It's like as bad as it sounds, get a bit of money, uh just play ninety minutes on Saturday, training, we didn't really train and then and then just kind of do the same thing next week, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. but it was, um, it was experience, wasn't it? That's what it was. It was literally game yeah. for you. That like, that's what you were getting out of it, really, wasn't you? That, that was an experience in itself, really, because yeah. I had to travel like to ta like Tasso was a small village, sort of thing, outside of Cardiff. Like, didn't know any of the boys. Like, rocking up in preseason was pretty nuts. I didn't, literally didn't know any. I didn't know anyone in the club. Didn't yeah. know any any of the boys. Nothing like that. So I just kind of rocked up. They didn't know what to expect from me either. To be fair to them. No, yeah. I remember. Do you remember that training session at the ground where you came with your Beckham boots? Do you yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I can't remember. That was a training session where you're like, oh, look at these boots I got. And we were all like, oh, wow, these are sick. Like, <laughs> you're all really thinking, I've got to be good to be wearing them. Yeah, like you, they remade the white threads, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, and I remember us being away at Britain Ferry together. I don't know why we were just remember after the game we were just sitting down. I, I, I think we won like four 0 Remember when AD played? Because AD night game. It was a night game. Yeah, it was a Friday night. Yeah, yeah I remember that because yeah, what was my mum actually. She came. Wasn't at, yeah, we wasn't at uni at the time. I don't think. No, she took. I remember she was taking photos. Yeah, so yeah. so I was I was staying in Taunton, and my mum. My mum drove me on a Friday night all the way to Britain Ferry and back afterwards as well. It was like a two and a half hour drive. Like. Wow. Yeah, so. But well, yeah, playing for Tusk was good. Let me just say, so for people who don't know, if you play for Cardiff Met, which is the university, you can't technically play for another club, even though they're a university. It's quite confusing, but yeah, Josh chose, on Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, so Josh chose to leave the uni team to then go and play for a different a different. Saturday team, not a different uni team, if that makes sense, you know. Um, and that was quite a hard decision in itself yeah. to be because like all of my mates and stuff were playing. Yeah. No one, no one kind of had like any. If they weren't playing, no one had any minerals to like pack up and leave. So it was quite like frowned upon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You boys didn't really like it and that, but no, it was a good decision in the end. So after Tashwell, this is where it all sort of. Uh, this is where it took a turn for the better, didn't it? Really. Yeah. So what was it, that, that, that one game against Cardiff, right? Yeah, that's where it all kind of kick-started, mate, really. So yeah. we played we played Cardiff in pre-season. Um, and I'd known about this for a while, to be fair, because it was in the pipeline, but I didn't really know what to expect. Because like, usually, when, like, when I was younger, I played for like Taunton or Polton or whatever, you play like a Bristol City or yeah. Bristol Rovers or something in pre-season, but it's never really their first team. It's always kind of like a mixed 23s, yeah. sort of youngish side. So I thought... I'd, It'd be more or less the same thing. Like the tenants will, will never be that big because it's, yeah. it's always like 400 under 23 sort of thing. Yeah. I didn't really think much of it. And it was only until like the week before, I think we had training. I don't know if you was there. No, and, I think uh, I left at this point, to be fair. I don't know yeah. what, because I, I broke my leg a couple of times. It's all a blur, really. But like, I, yeah. de- I didn't play against Cardiff at all, like any of the seasons. So, um, so yeah, I'm not too sure what happened there. But yeah, you go on. Yeah, so week before. <laughs> Training the week before, and, and yeah. AD, AD was there, and he said, oh, I'll see Cardiff next week, big game. He said, we've sold out. I said, oh, what, what do you mean sold out? He goes, oh, we've sold max capacity tickets. Like, we, can't, we can't sell any more like, due to health and safety or whatever. And what I remember one, one of the boys said, like, oh, how many is that there? <laughs> and he was like, oh, I think it's like 2,500 or something. And obviously, you've been to Taft's ground, and <laughs> I was like, this guy, he's an alien of it. This guy's lying. There's no way they're fitting two and a half thousand people on that ground. There's barely like there's probably about a hundred seats max. Yeah. And then obviously railings round. I'm thinking you never fit in two and a half thousand in there. Anyway, no. so next week, <laughs> rocked up to the ground for this game. We don't even have a kit, anything. No, I've literally rocked up. I've rocked up in a pair of trackies, like my own trackies, a dodgy top or whatever, kit bag. Rocked up. Pitch is unbelievable. And um, I've looked over, like, obviously we're on the pitch checking. I've looked over, and obviously, like, Carter's first team and that, it's all Morrison, Bramble, the rest of it. I was thinking, Jesus, we're actually in a game here. Yeah. That actually was true. Two and a half thousand did turn up. And I don't even know how, to be fair. We only lost one nil. No. Um, and obviously, I've had a good game. Yeah. It was, it was a couple of weeks after that yeah. that I was contacted by my agents now. Um, and they just kind of said, like, 
we saw you play. Yeah. Um, think you're decent. Think you got a good shot or whatever. Um, where we want to like help you, help you get a chance or make a progression or whatever. So. Wow. Um, at the time, it was kind of like not hard to believe, but if two random guys approach you, yeah, you're always a bit skeptical, aren't you? Like, me. So. Were they? Did they like in person or was it like online? Yeah, so they messaged me online like to start because obviously they didn't have any contact details. Yeah. And then obviously I went to I went to like a coffee shop and I met them a few times over a period of a few months. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm an RN about like them, so I was trying to get to know them and stuff. Cool. Um, but b- before I even signed with them, yeah, they they'd already got scouts to my games, so I think that was like the turning point. Okay. So I hadn't even signed, I hadn't even signed with them. Yeah. Like properly, and they they'd already. Already messaging me yeah. saying, "Oh, uh, such and such are coming to the game today to have a look at you and blah blah blah." So, throughout the rest of the season, then it was kind of like they were trying to sort things out. Yeah, but nothing was really ever kind of getting there. Hmm. Um, I remember like the back end of the season, they took me to, they drove me to Bristol. I played for Newport in a in a trial game yeah. against in Bristol City. But that was behind closed doors. Okay. And, no, and nothing came of that. We didn't have heard anything back. So at this point, it was like coming towards the end of the season. I was thinking, like, is, is anything really going to happen? Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, and a couple of meetings, they said, oh, we've got a few clubs interested, but it'll be in the summer for next season. Okay. So it'll be like pre season. You'll be, we'll send you a few places for trials. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, oh, okay, like, this is, this is all by word. Like, I'm not actually seeing anything. Um, so I'm not, I'm not trying to get my hopes up too much. I know what the football world's like and stuff like that. Of and obviously at this point I'm finishing uni, so I'm graduating. Um, and I'd landed myself a job yeah. at Millfield teaching due to start in September. So like I'd, I'd, I was all sorted, like I was ready, I was settled and stuff. I knew like where my future was going. But the only thing I was thinking is, oh, bonus now. If I get any trials, it's great. If like it doesn't work out, I'm settled because I'm going. I'm going to Millfield as a teacher. Yeah. So far as like summer, I do a bit of training just just in case. Like at this point, I'm, I'm literally not expecting anything. And I think it was like end of end of June, start of July. Mm. He rang me on like the Friday, I think it was. And my brother lives in Cardiff as it is, so he rang yeah. me and he said, "Oh, he said um, I spoke to Cardiff's just been on the phone. He goes, they want you in on Monday for training." I thought. I thought, like, it's Friday. I thought, that's a quick turnaround, that. So I had to get myself up to Cardiff, uh, train with them for a week, done well. Yeah. Um, but they were going, I think about this. Yeah, they were going, so on the Friday, they finished training. Mm-hmm. They were going to Cornwall on, like, a pre-season tour the following week. Yeah. So they kind of just said, oh, um, we like you, done well, but due to numbers or whatever reason, I don't know what it was, they said we can't take you to Cornwall with us. Yeah. They said we want you to come back in two weeks when we get back. Okay. So I was thinking, like, I'm a bit gutted really, because yeah. like, if, if you like me that much, you'd, I'd you'd go. be desperate to take me sort of thing, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I was a bit disheartened because I thought I had a good week in training. Yeah. And I thought that was going to be like my only chance because obviously Cardiff saw me play the following year. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking like, I'm was not it really sure. 13, 23s? What happened? Yeah, I was just training with the 23s. Okay. Yeah. I was just thinking, oh, I think it might be a chance, chance gone now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I stayed at my brother's the next night. So it was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, I'm not, I'm not going to be anywhere next week. So I don't know, don't know what I'm going to do with myself for two weeks. Yeah. Agent rings again. He says, oh, um, 
he said, Derby want you to go up there on Monday. <laughs> so I was thinking, that's like, that's like, I thought it was a quick turnaround to Cardiff, but to go up to Derby on my own, considering at this point I'm not driving, I've got no money, I've just come out of uni, I'm minus 1500 or whatever, I'm thinking like, this, this is a push. Wow. He goes, he goes, I'll ring you later to, to confirm like plans or whatever, because they've got to sign a few things for like hotel stays and travel money and all the rest of it. Yeah. He rings back on Saturday night, says, oh, uh, because it's the weekend or something, the papers can't go through, so we, you can't get there in time for Monday. Right. So you're going to have to like postpone it or whatever. Yeah. So again, I'm thinking like, like another chance blown. That's like Derby, that's a good opportunity. Um, and then Sunday morning, I woke up yeah. and he rang me again and he said, oh, Swansea had been in contact. Yeah. He said, they've heard about you at Cardiff. Uh, someone's told the first team goalkeeping coach or something you've done well. He said they want you to get there tomorrow. Uh, I'm thinking, my head's all over the gap at this point. I'm thinking, like, am I coming or going? Or, like all the rest of it. So, first thing in the morning, I'm borrowing money off my brother. Yeah. I'm walking to Cardiff Central at like half six in the morning to catch the train, which is an hour long to get to cut to get to Swansea for half eight in the morning to be then picked up to take to training all the rest of it. Wow. Done my medical. Um, they were like really good with me, Swansea. I was like really impressed compared yeah. to Cardiff. Like all the coaches really looked after me. Unbelievable facilities. Everyone was really welcoming. So I was proper enjoying it. Yeah. Um, was there for a week. It was supposed to be a one week trial. And then we played Bristol Manor Farm in a friendly on on the Saturday or something at the end of the week. Okay. Uh, so they got me over there to play with them. And we won 1-0 and I had like a really good game again. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, I've done, I've done well here. Yeah? Like, hopefully, like they asked me to stay or whatever. Yeah. So they said, oh, can can you stay another week? So I was like, oh, buzzing, mate. I'll take another week. That's good. Yeah. Um, but that whole week, I was travelling. I was doing the same thing. I was travelling from my brothers in Cardiff. Wow. So it was long. It took it out of me, mate. Like, travelling at six in the morning, walking, all the rest of it. Oh, I was knackered, adjusting to training every day. Training so hard. Nothing on his own. Never yeah. mind the travel. So I, I was struggling at this point. Um. And then one of the boys in Swans actually, this is all like nicer lads were, he yeah. said, oh, um, he said, just come jump in with me. You can just stay with me for the week. Like, I'll look after you and I'll take you to training and that. So I went and jumped in with him and yeah. then it just ended up carrying on. So that, that week ended up turning to another two weeks. Yeah. I was there for a total of four weeks and then they said um, they needed a bit more time. So they said, oh, can we have another week? Mm. So I was there in five weeks in total. And it was kind of coming to like the end, like near the end of pre-season. Yeah. Kind of chatting to my agent, sort of like we need a decision here because if it's going to be a no, I need to need a bit of time to go somewhere else. Yeah. So I kind of forced a hand and said like, look, we need like a decision. What's going to happen or whatever? And they said, oh, I'd like to offer you one year. Um, and I couldn't like, couldn't really believe it to be fair, mate. It just, just went in there, hardly any professional coaching or anything like that. And just just from sheer like energy and commitment and attitude and stuff, just gave it my all and just kind of winged it, really winged the process. Um, I found myself like getting a one year deal. So, well, what um, was that day like? Yeah, like, it was unreal. I remember, I remember the feeling of getting back to my house and ringing my mum and I was just buzzing, mate. Just unreal feeling. I was just pacing up and down my room on the phones of my mum and like old coaches and stuff telling them it was just class feeling. That's like, because in a way, you've done some in there, as you said. I, I, well, the only thing, the only name that comes to my mind is that Adam Rossgrove was at uh, Cardiff Met with you, which is actually quite crazy. Obviously, he's a bit older than you. 
I just yeah. the journey is just one that if you told it to a thousand people, 900 of them wouldn't believe it really because they'd be like, yeah. you didn't even play football until you were like, do you know what I mean? It's one of them ones. Yeah. I know you're a goalie, it's just like a little bit different because like, it's a lot to do with like, it's more of a physical thing. Although you have to be technically amazing in the goalkeeping areas, like I'm not a goalkeeper, so I can't really, you know, I don't know too much about it, obviously. My point is like, to do it as an outfield player would probably be even crazier, I think. Do you know what I mean? Or would you not? Yeah, I don't know. If you, if you compare me to to, to Roscoe, yeah. I think the difference with Roscoe, albeit he was older than me, so yeah, he probably, he played had, all his life, probably my, my age was on my side. Yeah. But, but Roscoe, was, as a striker, was scoring goals. Uh, yeah. That sort of side of the game is more like eye-catching, if that makes sense. He was, he was actually playing for the uni team in the Welsh Prem. So true. At a high level and that You're sort of thing. So, yeah, you can't get compare you to like it's not comparable yeah yeah but i know what you mean yeah you're right because you come from the end like as you said no academy experience like it's one of them isn't it it's not as if like you were around academy since the age of 10 and just never really got there do you know what i mean like it's not one of them stories it's one of you went to uni like you know what i mean and it's what it's just it's unbelievable it's one of those ones where like it's got to be told as far and wide as possible because like people will be giving up 19 20 21 you know what i mean and what what you were 21 when you got signed was it was it 21, 21 yeah, yeah. 21. mate it's unbelievable man i just can't like i mean i remember messaging you at the time as well but i just it's just like you can't help but just be so happy to to know that that's possible you know what i mean i think the thing is as well is like i obviously knew about the interest from my agents for a long period of time but i always kept it quiet because okay. i didn't want don't want you know you, those guys in football who say a lot of things but never nothing ever happens and people call you bluff and they think oh, he's he's chatting rubbish like he's yeah. a liar blah, blah, blah. so I always kept it quiet like never told anyone even yeah. if I wanted to like my closest mates I really kept it like literally didn't tell anyone and then when I went to Swans and signed and released it yeah I think for everyone else it was like a massive shock because they were like where where's this come from like this is yeah. so out of the blue. I mean, I haven't heard anything from this guy, and all of a sudden, it's just been, it's just gone from that level to, to that level. Weird, but mad, mate. Because I actually, it's coming back to me now. Because I was messaging you like during it, and you were kind of, as you said, yeah, you weren't really giving much away. You were just a bit like, oh, I'm thinking I'm finding out next week, and then it was next week. You know what I mean? Like you just explained. Because I literally, I think I was literally messaging you like every sort of week, being like. (laughs) And you would like, yeah, you know, I'm finding out next week or maybe two weeks or another week sort of thing. And then when it came out, it was like, oh, wow, like, this is amazing. But I don't know where I heard it. I don't know whether you told me. You probably didn't. But I swear, were Liverpool interested in a trial? Or have I just made yeah. that? Yeah, so that, that's um, when it comes to the fifth week. Yeah. And we obviously try to force Swan's hand a little bit. Yeah. Um, Swan, uh, sorry, Liverpool were, were, were like, were trying to get me up there as well. So that's when I, I kind of I sat down with the goalkeeping coach and the, yeah. the academy director and I said, in the nice, nicest way possible, I said, Liverpool have contacted and yeah. said they want me, they would like to have a look at me out there for a week. Um, I need to know like a decision because if it's going to be a no, then I'd love to like go up there and have an opportunity or up there or whatever. And then I think that's obviously forced their hand a little bit. They were a bit like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll like get you signed up now because we want you to stay. So. So that worked, it obviously worked in your favour really well, yeah, 100% of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how, yeah. how serious that kind of interest is because it, it, I feel like it can be easy for clubs to just say, oh, get him in for a week, we'll have a look at him and then 
you kind of see for a week they're like ah oh, no it's, you don't really want him or I know whatever. it's because they're a bigger club they kind of have that little push don't they it's like yeah you wouldn't want to turn that down but if a, if a, a championship team saying well you're a one-year deal and you're, not, you're never going to not take that you know what I mean like it's impossible yeah exactly yeah I mean wow mate, nice unbelievable I'm so proud of you like it's, it's quality yeah I mean it's, it's been good it's been a bit bit of a roller coaster ever yeah I wouldn't say like last year was tough like first year really um yeah like adapting into the full-time football because obviously like you say never been in an academy or anything so <laughs> that was like a big shock mate I'd go from uni out on out on nights out and all the rest of it and then all of a sudden it was boom like literally been hit by a brick wall mate <laughs> it, was just, it was ridiculous honestly my body every day was in bits was it? get back from training like three o'clock in the afternoon i'd sleep till about six seven o'clock wake up have some food go back to bed nine o'clock straight through till seven wake up training it was like that for five weeks it was it was intense mate but yeah i mean didn't play much in my first year yeah because um, they had two other lads who'd, who'd been like in the academy for a while yeah um so that was tough as well like dealing with full-time training but i wasn't playing yeah um and then like the stress again because it was only a one-year deal the stress again at the end of the season of not knowing if i was going to get another deal yeah it's tough very tough and i think i think like swans's situation with being relegated and stuff um they also gave me another one year yeah and said like my playing time will be more so you kind of have to prove yourself because it'd be my last year in under 23s football oh, okay yeah they gave me they gave me one year again with like the basis of you kind of come in this year and prove yourself then to show us what you've got yeah and I just went back with a mental mentality mate like pre-season I just was at home like grinding every day I literally didn't stop and by the time I went back yeah I was in unbelievable shape like was um, smashing all the fitness tests done really well and I started I started every game was playing well um, and then obviously January just gone. I done well enough. They they gave me a, a two year deal with an option for another twelve months. So. That's what I've got written down. Man. I was gonna well, I was gonna say first like congratulate on your your new deal, mate. But yeah, so yeah, so what's that? Is that technically your third and fourth year there that that'll be, or my was that second and third? No, it'll be uh, so I had a, a one year. This is my second year, and obviously I got another two plus one. So it could be if I get the extended deal, it could oh, be okay, double yeah. five years. Like so. Yeah. Wow. By Amazing. Time I finish honestly, that one, I'll, be, uh, I'll be 26 crazy. years old, mate. <laughs> it's a scary thought, that. Mate, well, yeah, but you've you've done something that not many people can say they've done, unfortunately. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things that just stays with you forever. And, like, as you said, you've still got years to sort of prove yourself. It's not as if it's over right now. Like, I mean, this is like, uh, yeah. you're literally in it now. And it's like, this is the time to sort of grasp it and just prove to everyone, like, how good you are. Because, you know, playing where you went, what was it, like two years ago, it was like, you could see you were a very good goalkeeper, but like, as you, no one really gets out of that league, you know? Like, it's very rare that you see an outfield player get out of that league, never mind a goalkeeper. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a lot, that's like, there's a lot of crazy stuff that's ha had to have happened. Not crazy, I just mean like, people would think it's like, almost like a miracle, really, because it yeah, almost yeah. is. For people who don't know, like the Welsh League and stuff, it's like, not many people really get out and start playing pro football. Not like in your 20s, anyway. Very selective, mate. That's why I say now, if, if anyone asks, like, 
yeah. kind of what happened or whatever. I literally just tell him, mate, straight up, I said, I got lucky. I, I got lucky. Obviously, I, you create your own opportunities oh, almost yeah. in life, whatever, but to a degree, I got very, very lucky. And I've like, played through the non-league system. You've played through the non-league yeah. system. I've seen a lot of talented players, probably at the time when I was like 18, 19, players that were way better than me or had more talent or yeah. more like whatever. Um, and they, and they, they never got the slice of luck or they never had like the opportunity to go and progress or do anything and now after like four or five years I've gone back and watched them play or whatever and I thought back in the day he used to have like he used to have, yeah he used to have the talent and it's just like never worked out for him so it's just crazy how it's like kind of like right, right place right time for a lot of people. there's a lot of I mean there's you know, you, you've obviously earned it. Like you say, you've been lucky. Yeah, you can put it down to luck. But ultimately, you've put yourself in the right shape, the right mindset, the right time. It has just all worked out perfectly, hasn't it, really? And, you know, that can't happen to everyone. Unfortunately, it's, it just, it's a numbers game, football. And it's so subjective. And, like, it's all about opinions. And it's just, as you said, right place, right time. But ultimately, you deserved it, mate. Like, you did. Like, otherwise, you wouldn't be there, would you? Let's be honest. Like, people don't clubs in the championship never mind league one league two they don't really take chances on players who aren't really good enough they know what they're doing you know what i mean like these guys have been around there for you know as you said your goalkeeping coach probably done it for 20 years being pro himself he's not stupid like he knows when he sees a bit of talent and you know whether you just because you were playing for tafs well you know you could have just been released by a pro club and they could have snapped you up that way it doesn't matter what way you get there you've got there it's one of them isn't it that's the yeah. way i look at it I think like my only advice now, if I was to chat to anyone younger than me or trying to do like the same thing that I've done, yeah. is talent can only take you so far. If that makes sense. But, like the thing is with me is I went in there and I just had like I had the mindset. I was coachable. I had energy. Like I was a people person. I tried to like make connections with people. Like I had a good relationship with my goalkeeping coach straight away. Yeah, and that was a long way. I think. Because for him, he's probably looking at me thinking, like, this guy wants to learn, he wants to get better, he's coachable. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean, like, he has all the all the stuff there. Now, I just need to coach in the techniques, which is technically is probably the easiest part of, of that side of things. Like you, can't, you can't coach someone to be more energetic or want to learn or be psychologically strong or whatever. You can't coach someone those, that side of things. I think my personality traits, I always had those. Yeah. I just ne never had the kind of like the coaching aspect things. 100%. Well, my, my advice now to anyone going in yeah. is those are like the minimum requirements that you can have like yourself. If you go in with those, people will spot and think, oh, he's, he's got this and this. I could work with him to make him this. Do you know what I mean? People aren't expecting you to go into the building and be the, like, finished the, next, the next whatever already because otherwise you wouldn't be playing in Welsh League in the first place exactly like obviously the thing you lacked was the coaching like growing up because you didn't put yourself in you you know you weren't interested in it at some point and obviously you got into it late so you know those foundations weren't there where they are there for a lot of other people and they don't even make it so you've done the you've done the complete opposite to them and now you're do you know what I mean it's one of them isn't it people you obviously got to think as well like like I'm not just saying it but if you were like five foot six it's not going to happen to you as a goalie simple as uh -huh. Yeah. So like this thing, like you said, you can't, you can't coach height, but you definitely no. can't coach energy, enthusiasm, just the will to learn. And as you said, it's people by people at the end of the day. That's my saying. And like your goalkeeping coaches, you know, like sort of not fallen for you, but you know, in the sense of like, 
can really like read that you are all you want to do is learn and that's all they want if, if, as long as you've got those criteria like you said the ones that you're in control of your energy your enthusiasm your ambition the will to learn you know and then they can just mold you technically that's literally why it comes down to isn't it yeah and, I, and i've seen like the other side of that now yeah and i've spoken to mine my goalkeeping coach yeah and i'm telling like again going back to like advice but there's a younger lad now who Swan signed goalkeeper as well called Lewis Webb, and they got him from Murphytown. I've heard and of it. Yeah, it was the exact, it was the exact same thing. Because I remember Martin chatting to me saying, oh, "I've been to watch this lad." Yeah, Lewis was was decent. Yeah, he's gotten way better. But but Lou was playing men's football. You know, he was psychologically strong. Yeah, uh, had energy, like good people person, wants to get better and stuff. And it's the exact same thing. And Martin's just looking at him, thinking like, "I can make him better as well." Do you know what I mean? It's so, a project, isn't it, for these kids? Like, their passion is coaching. You want someone you can work with. You don't want the finished article. Why would a coach? The coach wants to, like, give their knowledge to you. If you know everything, then what have they got to tell you? You know, it's one of them. Exactly, mate. But for those guys who are out playing or, and scouts are watching them, if they're in a game, you know, it's literal simple things that people used to tell me for outfielders. Like, if you give the ball away, it's not throwing your arms up in the air, and it's sulking or whatever. It's that guy who's going to, like, chat to his teammates, work hard, like rat about, do, do the, the things that, like the basics that have to be done. And then obviously they're going to see body language, the rest of it and think, yeah, we can work with this guy. So You're so right, mate. Like talent, that's the best saying is, it's just talent can only get you so far. Like it's the other side. The other side is way more than the talent. I'd say it's, it, it, talent might only be 15, 20% max. I think that 80% is all down to your mentality as you said, doing the dirty work, doing the other side of the game that people don't like. And that is really what sets you apart. And then if you've got a talent as well, it's like, well, we've got to play here. And it's, that's probably the, the best way to sort of describe it. Like, but no, I'm just like, it's just so motivational. And I just hope people like at home as well, just really like, as you said, people are like younger boys who you might be in the similar situations. They can just sort of, they can just take so much from this. Honestly, I really do think they can like, it's a weird one, really, because I don't really get, like, I don't really have time, not time, but, like, the opportunity to kind of speak about my story, if that makes sense. No, or, of course. Um, kind of, like, from where I've come from, I feel like I've got a lot of advice, if that makes sense. So, obviously, I've seen both sides of the world and all that yeah. sorts of things, you know, those cliche sayings, but I feel like I've got a bit of advice and, and those sorts of things, but I never get the chance to kind of express those things for anyone who, who wants to, to know or, or whatever, so. That's what I mean. It's all about getting a platform, isn't it? At the end of the day, so loads of people out there have got amazing stories. But if, no, if they don't have the broadcasting platform to get out there, then no one's going to listen to it. You know, what I mean, it's one of them, yeah. isn't it? So and it's not going to be one of them where you know you, you don't want to be one of them guys who's kind of like telling your own stories and you look like you're bigging yourself up or, or whatever. It's just that sort of thing. So no, yeah, no, you've never come across like that. Right, I've got a few other questions, and we've got Twitter ones as well. Um, no. And, and some in store ones, but some that I was just wanted to to ask you. So one was like, like, what's the standard like from playing uni football or Welsh league to what have you been playing now? Like, give me, give me a how, how tough is it? Yeah, the standard was massive. Like, it was big to start with. Yeah. Um, the main thing for being a keeper was playing out from the back. Okay. As simple as that. Like, you go from non-league football, get it in the channels, like. Yeah. Turn them, play in their third, that sort of thing. And then went to Swans and obviously Swans are like a football club. And it was like, you're un like you're under pressure and you're expected to play out 
if you're being high pressed or whatever, you're expected to find a way to play and, and find a spare man, that sort of thing. So I really struggled with that when I when I first went. Yeah. Um, but like the standard the standard difference was huge. Like these these lads in the academy, they've been there since they were like 10, 12 years old. Like oh, no. they were well drilled, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> They're like robots was, almost, aren't they? In a good way, you know. Like yeah. So it it was tough. Like um, but I think after a while you just that to it you just kind of like so when you first sort of started training going back when you first started training with the goalkeepers that you were training with you know in the first five weeks were you like jesus i'm way off this or were you like you know what i'm i'm holding my own here even though i've only been here for five weeks sort of thing yeah there was times when uh there was a there was a lad called greg who'd been there for like five years yeah uh, and another lad called steve um and he'd been there for like a year or two, I think. And I was training with those guys in the 23s. Yeah. And, and Greg had been there since he was 17. Um, and he was he was signed for like a good wedge of money um, to, to go into the first team. Wow. And like over the years, he just kind of dropped down to the 23s or whatever. Yeah. And there was times I was looking at these. They were technically like so good compared to me. And I was thinking like, I'm, I'm 21 or turning 22 this year. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm way off these guys. Like obviously, because I've come in so late, cool. so it was kind of like a, not my confidence a lot. Like there'd be times in training where I'd be making mistakes, and like the football culture, like outfielders would be getting funny and stuff. And my confidence, I'm thinking like, am I really good enough to be here to be like doing this sort of thing? Like after a while, it kind of it kind of gets on your back and like degrades you. But um, I think like after a while, as soon as you, as soon as I started adapting to it, yeah, and and started making like doing good things in training and you start to hear like the odd positive thing you like really get picked up then and it just kind of snowballed from there really, so. nice because you've played i know you've trained with the first now haven't you yeah yeah i'm with i'm with them every day now so i've moved into their change room yeah and uh, before wow. the break i was i was traveling to i was traveling to every game with them which i was i was enjoying so that's um, hopefully that can be the same when we get back as well yeah because it's funny i came back in december from america and then um, one of the boys out there who's from england actually from salisbury he does the, a lot of the var stuff just like yeah. our time anyway and my first game was the swans uh middlesbrough game was it yeah yeah because ben started that but like so i before the game i'm on the pitch like doing like basically the goal line technology for the yeah, yeah, yeah. like for, um were you involved like were you sort of in the squad in that game or can you not remember was that at the Libby? yeah it was yeah it was like a 3-1 you beat Middlesbrough they had like two men sent off it was yeah I wasn't I wasn't on the bench or anything but I was yeah. third man so yeah I thought uh, it was it's kind of like this is what I've been doing as you, you just do the warm up yeah um, and then obviously you have to shower before the game and you just sit behind the dugout and yeah. it's, it's there you're travelling basically in case one of the other keepers gets injured in the warm up so I was there watching yeah <laughs> In like a year and a half, you've gone from 23s to like thinking that you've, you're struggling against two keepers that, you know, you'd never be able to technically compete with. And now you're like traveling with the first team. It's like, come on now. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's amazing. I think um, the biggest, like, I had to pinch myself at the moment is obviously this season they signed um, Martin Margitson. And he's the England goalkeeping coach. Okay. Yeah. So, my dad taught Ben to drive, which is his son, I think. Yeah. Yeah, who's yeah, that? Yeah. He's got a few sons, I think. Oh, yeah, well, Ben's about yeah. 18, I think, 19, maybe. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, obviously, I was quite daunting at first to work with him. He's been working with Pickford, Butler, and Hart, all the rest of it. 
um, heating with England and stuff like that. So when he first came in, yeah, I used to, I used to be that kid like a couple of years ago that sit on YouTube and watch his sessions and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Oh. So now he's like there. I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm nervous to work with this guy. Like, I hope he likes me. Whatever, thinks I'm good. All the rest of it. Wow, that's um, insane, mate. Yeah, so we we like struck up a good relationship, and he took taking a really good liking to me and stuff. So cool. it's like, even when he rings me now, he's yeah. obviously my coach. I still have to put the phone down. I think like, I spoke to him as coffee coach, and it's a bit weird. Like <laughs> two years ago, I was prattling around in uni. Like, <laughs> no, this, we have a laugh and a joke in training. Uh, Marge and Freddie, they just hammer me about being at uni and uh, being on the beers. And that, so it's a good <laughs> I bet they're jealous of that, because they probably didn't have that. Like, you know, I mean, they're obviously they're pros and whatever, and then you, you know, youth players and stuff, so they don't really get the uh, the uni experience. Yeah, it's a good laugh, mate. Marge, uh, Marge likes to think I'm going to be a coach because obviously I've done my coaching degree, so he's like, he always hammers me about coaching questions and stuff like that. So it's, it's quite funny. Mate. That's quality. Well, um, what else have I got? What's, um, I asked Ben the same thing, just because they're from, like, I guess, big clubs. What's Conor Gallagher and Rian like? Brewster. Yeah. You you can tell they're just, like... I think the differences with those kind of players is because they've been in academy so long, mm. they're, like, playing at that level when they're, like, 18, 19. And they kind of... It looks like they're just used to it. Really? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what's Rian? Is he 19? I think Rian's 19. I think they're both two thousands. I think they're both two thousands. He just come in in January. Yeah. And he just, he just never looked faced. Like, I was just, just gonna say, yeah. He had so much swagger and confidence, but he just go. He went straight into a game, playing the champ side. Swan is like a big Premier League club. He's just gone straight in number nine, and he's just like strutting around the pitch. And I'm thinking like this guy's confidence is unbelievable. Like Conor Gallagher, the same. Like he's just gone straight in. Yeah. I think like. First game he was available, straight in, number 10. And he's there just ratting about, got the technical ability or whatever. And I think that these guys, like, you can't just go into a game like that and have that confidence unless you've been around the block for so many years, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think if they chucked me in straight away, it would have been, like, it would have been a bit of a shock, like, openly admitting it. But these guys, they just went straight in and just, like, it was just kind of, they just took it in a stride. It was just, it looked easy for them. I was just thinking, like, He's, scary isn't it yeah and also like nothing against Rian or or Con, but yeah they're not classed as the world-class youngsters you know you get like Mbappe and like, yeah those sorts of 19 year olds imagine who they are at night yeah yeah I'm thinking these kids are like superhuman I'm thinking I'm 20 like 23 now imagine like Mbappe's ripping up the world cup and stuff at like 19 years old like make it look easy I'm thinking this is ridiculous like Sancho and that in the Bundesliga I'm thinking it's a different world mate honestly a different world yeah there's levels to this and there's definitely levels to it it's mental mate because I'm these generational talents don't you like you said we're like 17 18 they're just like wow you know what I mean like it's just you can't even it's just no words to describe it is it in in our sort of field of like football it's just like I don't know I can't describe it it is superhuman, mate. Honestly, we played Rabi last season. Did you? I didn't. I didn't play. Uh, I was on the bench, but we played <laughs> Rabi at home. I think we lost four-one. He scored a hat trick, and I was sat on the bench watching him like get the ball on the wing. He'd knock it like fifteen yards, run past the right back and the centre half, and just run in and just slide it in the corner. And I'm just, I'm looking at this guy, thinking he's like seventeen or something. I'm thinking, what's going on here? Like, this is supposed to be like a decent level, and this guy's just knocking it and running around people and stuff. 
And then like later on that year, he moves to where's he? Schalke. Schalke, yeah. Like, they're just superhuman, mate. Okay. You just get the odd kid. Though. I mean, it's not even the odd. There's like there's like twenty, thirty kids, it's like every age group, where they're just like, they're just as you said, they're just world beaters. They're just crazy. But like, like, could you see Connor getting into Chelsea's team in the next say two years? Um, it's hard to say, really. Yeah, um, but I don't know. The opportunity is probably there for him because under Frank. Yeah, giving like a lot of young players a chance and stuff. So um, I think it'd be another couple of years before tough. before he gets in the team personally. But you, you never know. I think definitely there's a pathway for him there. Um, he just I've seen a couple of goals he scored for Charlton mind, but he, just, okay. like, he hasn't really, <laughs> really chipped in with, with with us yet. But if he can like add that to his game, he'd, he'd be like a good player. So definitely not. That's quality, man. As you said, it's just not, as you said, it's, it probably takes you back. But it's also like to show that that they're real life. They're not like, like, you know, they're not alien. They're real humans doing this. So it's like, it's possible. I know what you're saying, like you're older than them and stuff, but like you're different positions. You can't even like compare it, but it, it's just crazy how that is actually possible to be that good at that age. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you say, it's, <laughs> it's weird when you see the other side of them because they're just normal boys. I know. I mean, they're literally just, I know it sounds silly, but they're just like me and you, mate. I sit next to Connor change room. He's a quiet lad. Yeah. Keeps himself to self, like it's just it's odd when people on a Saturday they think oh there's some big celebrity superstar <laughs> or whatever people think. Okay. But they're just they're literally normal lads, like so it is a bit weird, mate. It's tough for people to realise, like, isn't it? Um right, what uh, what what are your future goals then? Come on, next three years. What do you want to call um, So it all depends really. In my head I wanna go on loan. Yeah. Um I need some games. In say conference league two, um, desperate for that to, yeah. to give me a bit of confidence. Um, play play some matches in men's league, but obviously I played in men's league, but it's it's nothing quite the same. So I want I want to go out on loan somewhere, play regularly in men's football, get some confidence from that, yeah. and then I want to be able to come back then uh, with like real confidence and maturity from from that experience and be able to push to get in like a match day squad. So. Um, be on the bench, um, getting chance to play maybe cup games or whatever, and, and trying to prove myself that way. And then hopefully, you know, by by the end of the two three years, be in a position where um, class is, you know, a reliable senior goalkeeper and and trusted to be to be able to play um, in the championship or, or or whatever it might be. And and again, get my deal extended, or you got to set your set your targets high. 100%. Even be able to, to to get a move elsewhere. Um, yeah. There's hot. There's higher up in the Premier League or whatever. So, um, it it can be done. Like you, you look at Nick Pope and, and those sorts of guys. So, um, it's it's about keeping your targets realistic. Really, I, I yeah. wouldn't really think too far ahead. Um, but short term goals are the ones that keep like ticking off. So, my short term goal this season was to play 20 games for the 23s. I did that. And yeah. then set another short-term goal of getting in the first team. I've now done that, so kind of need to next short-term goal get myself out on loan, get games. Short-term goal after that, come back, get in the match day squad. Yeah, you know, and as soon as you start ticking these things off, short-term goal again, get in the starting lineup, play games, do well. Short-term goal, like, do you know what I mean? Get promoted or or get a move somewhere. So hundred percent, like, because 
all it takes is for two goalies to get injured and you're in. Like, you're, you're too injury. I know it's horrible to say, but some this is how people get their chances, younger boys. It's, it's when, like, a first-team regular gets injured, can't play for whatever reason, or he's ill or whatever it is, which you, you don't really wish upon any player. But sometimes that's how you break through. And, you know, that, that's how close you are, really. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's horrible to say in that sense, but it's also very true. Yeah, I agree, mate, yeah. Like I say, we've... Well, we've already touched on it. I've been, you create your own opportunities, but I've been quite lucky so far. Just yeah. need a bit of luck again, like keep getting yeah. a bit of lucky chances. And I just got to prepare myself and, and be ready to take them when they arrive, basically. So that's yeah. what it's about, isn't it? Definitely, mate. Right. Well, we're going to get into some questions that you've been asked. So, so 16 Charlie 07, these are on Instagram, have said, Was there ever a part in your career where you thought you were never going to make it pro? Yeah, I thought after. I got rejected from Rovers at 17. Yeah. I thought there's no way after the age of 18 that I'm going to get picked up, really. Because like, I thought 18 is still youth level. Yeah. Like, it's a good chance you could take take me on or whatever. But after 18, I thought, oh, it's so unlikely, really. And I just thought at that point, I thought I was not really going to go pro. I, I still back myself to play a decent level, like play Conference South or whatever when I was mid-20s or whatever, but I thought, realistically, in my head, I thought there's not really that much chance. Yeah, like anyone else would think the same, like you said, that was your first sort of sniff at it. They said, you know, they didn't want you. It's like, oh, wow, well, maybe I just should give up. It's one of them, and it's a tough one. Like, yeah. It's tough. Right, I've got, where do you think you'll be in five to ten years? Ho uh, also hope you're keeping well in lockdown. I was from Flynn underscore. So, yeah, five to ten years. <laughs> what will you be then? Jesus, well, what will we be? 28, 30. 33 Jesus. 28 28 i'll be in five years um i'd like to think i'd be like like what i said a, a recognized senior goalkeeper um like still in the championship or higher um playing games um i'm still at a big club i'd, I'd like to stay at swansea i love it at swansea like big yeah. club for 100%. five years just a recognized senior goalkeeper still in the game playing games really i agree because it's crazy as well because you gotta remember as well, goalkeepers do last longer than uh, our yeah. players. So it's yeah. like the fact that you've started at 21, it's, it's almost the equivalent of starting like at 17, 18 as an outfield player, you know what I mean? He, you know what? You could even compare like a 23 year old to like an 18 because keepers finish at like 40. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Depending on what you look after yourself, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. But you know, like, yeah, I, it's there for you. The years are there for you, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just. You know how how hard you work and, and how sort of as you said how, how lucky you get really. I, I'm guessing you know this kid. Is it Lewis Rid? Yeah. Uh, how many catches is he making on Marge's Thursday sessions? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good. It's, we play on a on a Thursday. We play a game called yeah. Fifty Catches. Uh, so it'd be me, me and Freddie usually do it, but Owen joins in on yeah. the odd occasion as well. Uh, it's, it's literally just as simple as. Um, a mixture of volleys, half volleys, and and strikes off the cone. If you ever watch Marge's sessions, we would just do like um, ten straight, ten ten from each side, ten halves, ten off the cone, that sort of thing to add up to fifty, basically. Yeah. And we do that every Thursday, um, just to make yourself feel good before you go into like the weekend. Okay. And you, and you record, you basically count how many times the ball hits the grass. So obviously, Marge is like a big advocate of keeping the ball still when you catch it. Okay. So, because a lot of keepers they kind of like push the ball down to cushion it. He's not about. It. He's like, 
catch it, hold it still like it's fun. Yeah. Um, so we, we play this 50 game. And yeah. it's, a, it's a good laugh because it gets competitive between me, Freddie and Owen about who can drop the best catches and stuff. And you, the standard's been decent as well. Is it? I've, I've won a couple times, yeah. What numbers you yeah, get? Like, it's, usually, it's usually very close between like one and two drops. If you have any more than two drops, you're you're never going to win. You look like, what, 49, 48? So you're, not, you're only dropping one or 49, two. 49, 48 catches, yeah, usually. If, you, if, you get, if you're dropping more than two, yeah. you ain't winning with Freddie and Owen about. <laughs> yeah, you're not winning. And it's, it's heartbreaking as well. There's a bit of banter in there as well because... When you get up to like 45 catches, yeah. the pressure's starting to be on now, and people are chirping up saying, "Oh, no, no pressure, Fred! Like, don't drop this one, mate!" And all that. Yeah, and just it and everyone's laughing at him and stuff. Oh, it's, it's great band, mate. It's cool. You can't, you can't. That's that's that. I can tell from your voice. That's what you're missing. <laughs> like from yeah. the, that, yeah. you can't like explain anything. That it's just that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's class that. Mate. It's right. Going from Nathan Wood, um, did you think uh, your chances of getting where you are now were possible? I mean, we've covered it, but yeah, just give it in short, maybe. Uh, nah, like I say, there were times it was up and down. Yeah, I think like after the Cardiff game, I did have a think to myself and thought like, if I had the chance, I reckon I could prove myself. Yeah, I just need the chance. But then the other side of me was like, oh, I'm never going to get a chance this late. Do you know what I mean? There's like two sides. You know I mean? My brother used to say it as well. He said, ah. Oh, like Cardiff would be stupid not to give you a chance, like after the game. Yeah. But then at the same time, I was thinking, like, oh, I'm not going to get on really. So. Yeah, it's tough. Like you want to be realistic, and then you also want to think you want to believe in yourself. It's one of them. It's find the balance between believing in yourself yeah. and not thinking like way too far ahead. Any lad could say that though, really. I know, like we laugh and joke about it, but yeah, there's probably plenty of boys across the country at like 16, and they'd say, oh, if I had the chance. I could have been this and that. But yeah, yeah you, easy to say. I it's true. You probably could have, but unfortunately for you, you never got the chance. So, hundred percent, mate. Is what it is, isn't it? Sometimes it is, mate. Yeah. Right. Matty Redman said, "Is he a Robin?" <laughs> yeah, I'm a Robin. <laughs> yeah, Robin's just the nickname for my old uh, like boyhood club. Like, yeah. So I, when I was 17, 18, when I when I started to develop, yeah, that's what I was playing for at Bridgewater Town. So. Uh, okay, I knew the yeah. Robin. I love that. Uh, M underscore Taylor said, uh, "Was Tim the worst housemate at uni?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my old flatmate. Yeah. Tim, <laughs> Tim would not clean up after himself. Mate. Laziest guy you've ever met. So funny. That's quality. Right, we got a couple on Twitter. Boy called Aaron Johns twenty three of us. Best player you've ever played against? Played against. Mm. Um, Arigi probably. What did you play in the 23s? Yeah. We, <laughs> it, was, it was my um it was my second game in yeah. the 23s. We went up to Liverpool. I remember so we'd done like the warm-up and that. Oh so I ain't got a clue. <laughs> I've literally done my warm-up and as I've gone before kickoff, I've gone back to go back to the change room to get like getting my kit ready to kick off. I'm yeah. walking back. The change rooms are like far side of the pitch. Mm. So I'm walking past the Liverpool team, like doing their warm-up. To train and the strikers are doing their like little shooting drill or whatever as I'm walking past. I remember just having a quick glance across and I looked across and I saw Solanke and I was thinking, Is that Solanke? Like, surely not. Like, and then I looked across again and like Rigi's just put one in like the stanch or whatever in the warm up. And I'm thinking, Oh my god, my second game, and I've got Solanke and Rigi up front. I've looked across him and Nathaniel Klein's playing as well. I'm thinking, Oh my god, I'm in for one here. 
<laughs> we lost 3-0 and Origi was unbelievable. He was so sharp, mate. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> it was a joke. Played against Origi. <laughs> he'd, be my, he'd be the best player I played against, I think. What about he scored as well. He, he got one. Yeah. It is back to goal about 25 yards out, centre half against him. Yeah. He's got it. He's just touched it to the side and just bent one in inside the far post. <laughs> I'm scrambling across goal trying to say we've got nowhere near it. I mean, yeah, guy's good. He's played in like the Euros and that for Belgium. I think, yeah, he's good. Oh, mate. Play it like, you know, he's like, yeah, he's good. Wow. That, and then the second question he asked was, what inspired you to become a pro? Just every kid's dream, man. Like, it was just my dream. It was just class. Like, who would not want to be a pro? So it's, yeah, it's the, it's the ultimate, isn't it? Yeah. Really, yeah. Like, it is what every kid would want to do, isn't it? So, 100%. to play, play football is just class. That's quality playing against a Rigi, man. That's unreal. <laughs> it's madness, man. It really is. It's hard to get your, it's hard to get your head around, really, isn't it? For a lot of people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's mad, when like, you see him, like, like you say, he's a starstruck. Yeah, it's di- football's so different when you're like on the same level as them in terms of like watching rather than being mm-hmm. in the stand. Do you find that a little bit? Yeah, man. I think, you know, when you watch on TV, because you're like up above, Mm. You see down, you can like see more grass. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because you can, because you're from above, you can see more grass. But when you stood like pitch level, yeah, it looks like there's no space. It looks like it's, it looks like it's so tight and like, and then you properly see because you're up close, you see how good people's first touches are and like the weight of their passes and like the way they move it. And you think, Jesus, like this, you like, you see the game different when you see it like, you really, really do. It's something that, I don't know how many people, I mean, like, people's seats are very low, like, in the ground, so they're lucky, they're maybe quite lucky, but I just think it's a different, it's a different, like, angle on it, isn't it? It really is, like. Yeah, it puts it into perspective, mate. Yeah, I just want to end, maybe, on five, little five, ten minutes about uh, mental health, because I've seen you sort of tweet a lot about it, and sort of, I mean, you tweeted out, didn't you, a few, maybe a month or so, but I don't know when it was, you just said, like, if anyone needs help, sort of, like, you know, during this lockdown sort of thing, just, if you want someone to speak to, sort of thing, I'm, I'm I'm open like I'm a, I'm an open book like so I just want to sort sort of ask you like what's what sort of yeah encourage you to do that really? Um, I just know that it's like it's a big thing at the moment, isn't it, John? You know, a lot of people obviously we're like I said earlier we're all in the same boat. Um, yeah. and a lot of people go through it. Um, but I, I think like for a lot of people the the hardest thing is kind of just talking about it, isn't it, John? I mean, um, and, and a lot of time they don't. They maybe don't want to speak to their friends or family about their issues because they may be a bit embarrassed or um, they think like the things that they have on their mind isn't kind of um, a big enough issue to kind of be putting on someone else. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it might just be like a random person who's just going to listen, give give their like help or whatever, and then the kind of case gets dropped then. And for a lot of people, when you talk about an issue, no matter how small it is, yeah. It's like a weight off your shoulders. I can literally just tell you I've had like a really bad day, feel bad about this, this and this, and the conversation doesn't go anywhere, but it kind of weight off my shoulders because I've spoken about it and yeah, and it's kind of like off my mind now. You've hit the nail on the head there. It's just talking about it, isn't it? It's like, as you said, it's the hardest thing, but I think it's the most rewarding thing as well because, as you said, it's that weight off the shoulders and, you know, it's good to have an outsider's perspective as well because you'll drive yourself insane if you just keep thinking, like if you've got this issue in your head and you, you don't tell anyone and you feel like it's hard, you don't know who to tell. And then when you finally do, I, I honestly do believe that it, it does, uh, it's, your perception sort of changes, I think. And you just, you, and then it's like a snowball. And if, you, if, if you're open to tell them about that, then you'll tell them about 
not everything, but you know, anything that's sort of worrying you and the sort of upbringings that we've had, not so much like family wise, but I just mean like being in football and stuff. Like it's not like people think like, oh, you play football and stuff is cool, whatever. But like they don't realize how much like men, like mentally, how it sort of has an effect on you. Like it's not all, it's not all doom and gloom, and it's not all you know all the highs and making it pro and never getting released. Like it, there's so much in between that you've been through, I've been through, and, and thousands of other boys across the nation have been through. But no one wants to really talk about it, like. Yeah, it's tough, mate. It's just, I feel, I like feel lucky, really, from where like we've come from. Yeah. See, you know, it's like cliche things to say, but to see like the other side of the world, if that makes sense, because yeah. sometimes in football you kind of live in a bubble, but um, it kind of like puts things into perspective to not take things for granted sometimes. So, Massive. like when I was sounds silly, but when I was like sixteen, I'm working in Pizza Hut on. Like three pounds sixty nine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was in Domino's at sixteen. <laughs> um, it kind of puts things into perspective, mate, to not take things for granted. Really, I think the biggest thing at the moment is like social media. Really, um, <laughs> like in my opinion, people are getting a bit too caught up in in the whole thing, and and obviously people on social media love to give out the perception of how well and stuff like that they're doing, but people get caught up with like a perfect lifestyle. If that makes sense, so. There's no kind of rule book on how to live a life. Do you know what I mean? Like someone your age might buy a house. That yeah. doesn't mean they're living a better life than you or anything like that. It's just like your time will come at yeah. a different stage, if that makes sense. Like there's no rule book on, on how to do things. You should be doing this at this time. But people get caught up with, oh, they're wearing this on going on holiday on social media, posting this. They have like a perfect relationship. But people don't see like off social media, the other side of things. You never know. They're wearing all designer gear. But in the in the bank, they they've got no money. Do you know what I mean? Or it's it's like these types of things. Like people might look at my Instagram and say, "Oh, he's posting great football pictures. He's living the life, being a footballer." But then they don't see me um, sat at home after training every day, living more like a lonely lifestyle because yeah. I can't. I'm living away from home, can't see my friends, can't go on nights out. That side of things. Do you know what I mean, so it's always like it's always pros and cons. And it's not always how you see things. So. Oh, right. like my advice would be on mental health is not to to get too caught up in social media and and that side of things so um definitely mate. I think, as you said yeah there's a lot of negatives on social media and you're never going to get rid of that as you said it's all about as you said it's all about how you perceive it like all the whole yeah he's stunting he's gold you got everything you know he has the perfect life well no he wouldn't be putting on instagram if he had the perfect life it just doesn't work like that people who yeah. tend to have everything don't tend to put it all on social media that's just how it sort of works but people don't really like to think of it in that sense you know what i mean like they forget that could be an issue like it's like oh well just because you don't pay anything out anywhere people think you don't have anything and i'm not talking materialistic well i'm just talking about you know just being happy like that's just the main thing, isn't it? That's all yeah. we sort of strive for. And but, for, but social media, like one sort of trying to do with these podcasts and stuff, and just and just trying to spread a good word, you know, like just a just a positive word. Like you can choose to post good things or bad things, and it's like uh, for me, it's a no-brainer in terms of like I just want to give value to other people and just sort of show the you footballers are all re- like just normal human beings. You know, what I mean, they just have a job, as I said, like man and stuff. They're just in the limelight. Yeah, and it's no different to obviously like going back to social media and yeah. saying that we're just normal people. People need to think as well what they're posting on social media from like a fan's point of view as well. Oh, and like people, people obviously they're entitled to their opinion and whatever, but think of the effects of oh, I'm going to tweet such and such because he had a bad game today and absolutely hammering. Do you know what I mean? And then 
it's, it's like this guy's a celebrity football player or whatever, but yeah. think of his mental health now when you've got hundreds of thousands of people tweeting in, like Carrier's had a bad game in the Champions League final, yeah. and his own Liverpool fans like turn on him. Think of his mental health in that situation. Like, it's, if you wouldn't like it done to you, it's like, why are you, why are you putting that on someone else? Like, it's, 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 yeah, it's because they think, because he's got so much money. Because he got so much fame, it won't affect him. They forget the human side of things, and that and that is it. That that's why I think it is. They're just acting on. Oh, he's on the TV. No, he'll never see this, but he can see it. He could just search his name on Twitter and see there's a hundred thousand negative things about him, and you know people do horrible things to themselves when things like that happen. And just because he's a footballer, it doesn't make him exempt from doing something horrible to himself. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do. If anyone's going to say negative things about you, it's going to affect you. As much as people say, oh, you know, I don't listen to hate and all what you know, all that sort of cliche stuff. But like, yeah, you probably don't. But you can't tell me that it's never affected you. And because and, it does. Definitely, mate. It just goes back to that case. We're all human, mate. And I think in recent times, it's become a bit more aware, actually. Yeah. Of like a few celebrities, not football players, but a few celebrities kind of like taking their own lives and that sort of thing. So I think in the news and social media, is becoming a bit more kind of aware of 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 like celebrities and stuff's mental health because it's not easy i'd say that much with social media no no it's nice it's a lot of weight on on, on football players on celebrities or what you know people in the limelight it's a, it's a lot of weight on their shoulders and ultimately is it worth it all i'd probably say no i know i'm not in that situation but i would probably if i'm getting you know hundred thousand people telling me that i'm rubbish or whatever it's like is this like they must contemplate? Go, is this really worth it for a couple of digits in my bank? I'm watching the uh, the last dance on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it, mate. I've seen that, no. And uh, I think it was um, Scotty Pippen said something like he played basketball for free, but he gets paid for all the other side of the game. Do you know what I mean? He oh, okay. he he played basketball for free, but the other side of the game, like getting harassed by media fans and stuff, that's what he gets paid for. So. I thought it me. That's true, that. So true, isn't it? We're at an age where, like, and even younger than us, a bit older, in our 20s, 30s, like, people people don't know. People are just figuring out life. Like, no one really knows what's going on. You know, you've, you've found yourself being a professional footballer. It doesn't mean that you're any less or more successful than someone that's just in their bedroom playing, like, football manager. It doesn't matter. Like, ultimately, you just got to try and find that that thing that really gets you going. And that, and people find at different stages, like you said, you start the rate, you start the life race at different stages. Someone someone gets gifted everything, a million pound trust fund, and they do whatever they do with their money. Some people don't have anything. Some people live in a council house. Like no one starts life at the same, like start, it's not fit. I mean, it is no. fit, no. but ultimately it's reality. And you just have to, you have to just, just compare yourself to you. You can't compare yourself to anyone else. Everyone's taller, smaller, fatter they wait like everyone's so different you cannot compare yourself to other people i know it's and people say yeah it's hard and you have to but you don't you just have to compare yourself to you and just concentrate on bettering yourself but that's the way i'd like to look at it i think that's like with me and my football at the moment that's kind of like my mindset at the moment because obviously i'm 23 yeah and it's easy sometimes to look at other goalkeepers who are say 23 and see how much they're achieving or have achieved, or what they're doing, or whatever. Mm. So, Freddie, he's he's 23 as well. He's the same age as me. Okay. It's quite easy to look at Fred and think, yeah. Fred's been at Newcastle. Uh, yeah. He's won the World Cup, the England 17s. 
<laughs> you know, he's been on he's been on loan at Crawley. Uh, been in Scotland on loan. He's playing yeah. in Championship every game at twenty three, same as me. Yeah. Quite easy to look across my shoulder and think he's miles ahead of me. But yeah. then at the same time, you just got to think like there's no it doesn't matter like there's no rule book like I'm on a different journey to yeah. the guy next to me. Do you know what I mean? Like in four years' time, like who's to say? Like I don't wish this upon Fred because I love him like great Cleveland. Who's to say like I might be playing ahead of him or do you know what I mean? It's just the way it goes, and that's that's the same with life. If that makes sense. So and there's no rule book on how to live a life, so you just okay. got to do your thing and and go with it. You just got to write your own story, haven't you? Really, write your own little rule book. Pretty much, mate. But yeah, it's been good, man. This is the longest one I've had, man. I'm I'm kind of happy because the rest, the other two I've done have been like 36, 37 minutes. But this will be a this will be a juicy one, I think. So I just yeah, want to meet you on this one. Yeah, mate. But I needed it to be fair. But um. No, it's been quality, man. I really, really appreciate it. Like, honestly, I'm well. Wish you, wish you the best. Now going back when was it nine days? Yeah, nice man. Just try and hit this, hit the ground running, like really, because uh, yeah, you've got a massive opportunity ahead of you, haven't you? Really, like, and it's just realizing that. And I think you have, and it's just as you said, just have that crazy mentality and just, just fucking kill every day. Definitely, man. Just have to see what happens and, and go with the flow in it. Yeah, have a wicked day, man. Just uh, yes, mate. And you appreciate it. Bye.